May all that you stand for and that we stand for be preserved under the providence of God for the happiness of mankind. The trouble is caused by unthinking people who carelessly throw away ageless ideals as if they were old and outworn machinery. But it is the values of individual liberty, equality before the law and the supremacy of people over the state to which we can always with confidence return as a powerful and uniting force. Australia is not a secular country. It is a free country. Some commentators are saying that because of the arbitrary lockdowns for the virus, the states have become more powerful than they've been for a very long period of time. This isn't really so. The only reasons the states have been able to do this is because Canberra has let them. The federal parliament could, under the constitution, introduce a system to regulate lockdowns, make them more open and evidence-based, and even require that the politicians wanting them also share the pain by having a reduction in their salaries, for example. The fact is that in our federation, the states remain shameful beggars, dependent to an unacceptably large part of their income on the federal government. This is to a degree which would outrage the Americans who created the concept of modern federation, the founders of our own, and any politicians worthy of the mandate given by the people. And this has great disadvantages for the nation. Australia bears the shame of having the most dependent states in any comparable federation in the world is demonstrated by the simple fact that about 80% of taxes are collected by the Commonwealth. This is unknown elsewhere. They give back about half of these to the states, but they make this subject to attempted control. And the result is appalling. We get this duplication, an expensive and inefficient situation where you have two sets of politicians, one in Canberra, one in the state capital, as well as bureaucrats, advisors and consultants trying to do the same thing. This makes delivery more uniform than intended. It means that we don't have the competition which is the great advantage of a real federation. If you doubt that, it was only through competition that we were able to get rid of death duties. Joe Bielke-Peterson got rid of it in Queensland, and the result is the elderly moved to that state, not wanting to give their property to the state governments, and eventually all states had to do the same. The fact is this mess of federal-state duplication and both trying to control the same issues wastes an enormous amount of money. On one expert inquiry, this costs 10 or even more than 10% of the gross domestic product. 
Now, you may ask how much is that? It's $160 billion, about $160 billion. That's not a one-off. That's every year. Every year they're pouring about $160 billion down the drain. Imagine how many dams, how much could be done if we had $160 billion to spend productively and not pour it down the drain. That's what your politicians are doing. And we see it in every field. Just ask yourselves why Australia has one of the most expensive education systems in the world, but one which, compared with an increasing number of countries, delivers lower standards in the core subjects of reading, maths, and science every year. We're years behind Singapore in some of these. And the reason is, it's the fight between armies and federal state politicians, the bureaucrats, the advisors and consultants, which has made it easier for another group to actually run education. It's allowed the neo-Marxists to take control. And this has resulted in lower standards in reading, maths and science. It's resulted in no serious history teaching, no teaching of values. I remember hearing a call from a woman to 2GB and the, the Nine Radio Network on Anzac Day. She said that when she finished high school, and this was in the 90s, all she'd learned in history was indigenous history, and that her granddaughter knew nothing about Anzacs, and she wasn't even able to pronounce the word Gallipoli correctly. She thought it was Gallipoli. And that's what they're being taught in the schools. The most expensive education system, probably one of the most expensive in the world, and it's resulted in lower standards. The Wuhan virus has not resulted in the states resuming the place intended for them by the Constitution. Not at all. The states are beggars on Canberra, and this results in the fight between them and Canberra over running all sorts of issues. And in education, it's meant that the, the Marxists, the neo-Marxists have moved in and they've seriously run down education. It's costing us around $160 billion every year, which we could spend profitably. What we Australians should be doing, we should be doing what we did to federate this country. With much better politicians in the 19th century, they couldn't federate the country. They had to hand it over to the people. A convention had to be elected to draft a constitution and put it to the people in a series of referendums. What we need now is to change the constitution to make the politicians accountable 24-7, just as you are in relation to your jobs and businesses. Australians, it's time to take back your country. The first step you can do 
is read a petition about this, which I've put on the internet. You can read this and I hope you will sign it. It's for Australians to take back your country and this will be on the website if you want to go in and look at that petition. It's on change.org and it's under my name, David Flint. It's called Australians Take Back Your Country. There is a solution and you can find the link on the site. And so I say, Australians, it's time to take back your country. Today, we need a special kind of courage. Not the kind needed in battle, but a kind which makes us stand up for everything that we know is right, everything that is true and honest. We need the kind of courage that can withstand the subtle corruption of the cynic, so that we can show the world that we are not afraid of the future.